Hey Yado, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the I Love Me podcast. And today I'm joined with another special guest. So let's just get into it. Come on, introduce yourself. Hello, hello everyone. My name is uh, Shashank Arvindan. I'm a uh, third year commerce and aviation student here at uh, Mount A. My uh, ethnicity is um, Indian, brown, but um, I am from Kenya. So uh, I guess I'm a mix. I'm an Afrofusion mix, to say the least. Um, I was born in India, moved to Kenya when I was six months old. Grew up in Kenya, so I speak Swahili and uh, my Indian mother tongue as well, on top of English. So, yeah. So you talked about the transition from India to Kenya when you were six months old. Six months old, and now you've moved from Kenya to Canada. How has there been any difference in the transitions between the two? Oh, absolutely. I mean, where do I start? The cultural difference between the two countries are uh, completely different. I mean, the different food, different kind of humor and different kind of, you know, priorities to life. It was uh, something new to get used to and to get accustomed to. But um, I'm definitely adapting. And um, yeah, the food, uh, the food did strike me at first, to be honest. Why? Because I don't know what... Coming from these countries like Kenya and India where spices are so common and frequently mm. used and um, coming here, I'm just seeing people use salt and pepper as spices. <laughs> it was quite, I, I was stunned. I was like, surely not. Surely there has to be some more spices, some more flavor. But I guess that's part of the culture and um, I'm learning to appreciate it, you know? Yeah, no, like for sure. I definitely remember my first time having like biryani or like tandoori chicken. It was so spicy, <laughs> but like the flavor was just so good. And I honestly can say i now love indian food now and like all my friends like cook like indian foods and like stuff like that so mm-hmm. it's really good are your parents from kenya or india my parents are uh, born and brought up in india it's just that my dad moved to moved to kenya for work and um yeah they've settled there now but they're pretty much indian yeah ah nice so let's just get straight into it mm-hmm. you're 19 years old yes have you ever had any negative experiences within your life yeah, I mean, there's definitely been quite a few, and um, it's it does get personal sometimes, but uh, I think it's all about uh, learning from it, getting used to it, and uh, I guess making the most making the most out of the situation. Um, when I first came to Canada, and uh, this was pre-COVID as well, every security check at the airport I was transiting through, it was like. It had to be me getting the randomized check, and I was like, uh, I am, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm starting to see a pattern here, but um, yeah, I guess that's how that's how the world works these days, and um, I've, I've just started to, you know, appreciate appreciate myself more and uh, learn how to adapt to the situation. Yeah, like definitely, that's definitely a thing where like people of color, mm-hmm. especially minorities coming mm-hmm. into like a predominantly white country they're yeah. always thoughts when it comes to like tsa or like random spot checks and they always say it's random but everyone knows it's not it's oh no it's always targeted towards people who have a funny last name or have like a funny look and like since you started noticing that pattern what emotions ran through your head like you notice that you had a pattern of like, I'm being stopped at this point. I'm being stopped mm-hmm. at this point. I'm mm-hmm. being stopped at this point. What emotions ran through your head during that time? Honestly, I think the first thing that came to mind was like, I'm just kind of being marginalized yet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It just feels like I'm being targeted and th- surely there's going to be a specific reason why. And um, I was, yeah, I was, I did kind of feel um, offended uh, because 
when you're randomly selected there you're on the spot and um it just it just doesn't feel right sometimes you're just trying to travel you're just trying to have a good time and um that happens but as you get used to it it's like now it's literally a day-to-day thing it's like you know spot check boom i'm right there did you travel alone as well yes i was alone and, oh um, wow so that must have brought on like an extra added stress because like you were oh yeah first time to first time to a western country as well first time to north america alone oh wow yeah i was a uh, slightly stressful just trying to adapt to things but um yeah now now that i've done it quite a few times and seen how the s- situation is it's uh it's kind of normal i guess yeah so like uh, i guess like the first impression was not the best impression i wouldn't say so yeah yeah, definitely. I don't feel like the first impression for me in coming to Canada was the best one either. But um, I know we've talked about like our experiences as a group here at CHMA. And I know you uh-huh. talked about the weird encounter you had with the lady here. In yes, Zappos. yes, Do, yes. Would you mind like sharing that? Yeah, for sure. Um, Actually, this was in the orientation program held by the, the university. And it was, I think, a corn boil. And uh, I was pretty happy. I was like, you know, let's experience the new live country, in live in life. It was a sunny day as well, you know, and wearing shorts in Canada. I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, I can't ask for anything better. Strolling down, happy. Went to get my buttered up corn, soaking Sauce in some, up. soaking and smithered up with some uh, juicy butter. I got the corn. I uh, I keep walking down and uh, I got approached by this, I guess, local I was like, okay, let me just um, <laughs> let me just have a lovely conversation here, and she was like, hey, um, you know, where are you from? What well, what's your major? And I was like, yeah, I'm from I'm from Kenya. Um, my major is aviation. Um, first time here, you know, it's been a week since I've come. She was like, wow, oh, you're from Kenya, and you're doing aviation. I was like, yeah, 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 exactly. And she was like. Oh, 9-11 was a bad thing, wasn't it? Yeah. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold up, ah, uh-uh. ah. Just wait, 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 hold on, back up, <laughs> wait a minute, wait, 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 what just happened? I was like, huh? And she was like, yeah, it was crazy how bad that was. I was like, I wasn't even born then. Like, I understand it was, it was uh, definitely a hectic situation, but how, how does that, what, why is that the first thing that comes to your mind when yeah. I mentioned that I'm, I'm a aviation student, uh, being an international student, I was like, I was quite stunned. I was like, what? And I, I, I remember like, dropping a bit of excuse me and <laughs> and and she was like yeah definitely i think it was terrible i was like i was like this is uh way too uncomfortable for me and uh, i just left the situation uh that that honestly that made me super uncomfortable for the next few days because you kind of lose track as to where your place is here when you come alone to a new country and that's like one of the first few experiences you have it's um it's definitely um not the greatest but i think what i did learn was you know to take it by a stride and um what that did was just give me more confidence that uh, i gotta love myself more and uh, you know gotta be happy with yourself because yeah. no one else is gonna do it definitely <laughs> yeah like especially coming here alone or even if you come here with your parents you still have that safety net mm, exactly. until they leave yeah, and then you're just exposed to like this world of microaggressions, racism, bullying, mm-hmm. like the clickish vibes here in town. Absolutely, and so like, especially since COVID nineteen has started, a click could no longer be a thing. 
like you were in a bubble oh. or you couldn't have a bubble. Mm-hmm. It was just so you're separated by yourself. Mm-hmm. How has the impact of COVID-19 affected you in any way? Oh, it was absolutely dreadful. I was I was meant to go home the week the outbreak happened and, you know, the whole world went into pretty much lockdown. And uh, no one knew, you know, no one knew how long it's going to last. I thought it's going to be just a month or two of just, you know, waiting it out and hopefully going back. But I found myself stuck in Sackville, having been there for just five months with no other place to stay. And uh, I managed to find a spot uh, for the summer. But wait, I have a question before you continue with the story. Were you like, did they allow you to stay into residence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kept us in residence for, I think it was three to four weeks. They moved us all to Windsor. And, and then? And then after that, like, they, they helped like, us you find, have to find your own exactly. place. Exactly. Yeah, okay, pretty cool. much. I mean, they, they were very helpful in terms of finding places, but um, we had, we were on our own and we had to find our own place. I remember, like, asking a bunch of people, like, hey, can I take over sublet and stuff? But at the end of the day, we managed to find a place with some of my international friends it was great having them for company but i remember the first few months just sitting alone in a you know in a house by yourself going insane go- doing nothing at all yeah everything was shut down everything was shut out i just felt like i lost my place you know and it was incredibly hard i was i was uh, i hadn't seen my family in like over a year i was you know slightly homesick um but yeah it was it was not the greatest of experiences and um and that happened all when i was just you know uh building my social presence here still still finding my social group so it was it was quite hectic in tori's own words <laughs> but honestly even though that happened and the summer was slightly slightly bad i think that the red phase the red phase you know restrictions that that was more you know that took a toll on me more than the first first lockdown mainly because you know you're just studying and you're sitting at home i was not able to meet my friends i was not able to converse with people i was just sitting at home doing work or you know going to the flight school and um yeah I mean, it's obviously it was just not a meeting everyone was facing the situation and i can't imagine what everyone else is going through but um it was it took a big toll on my mental health and i started feeling the the symptoms of you know going down of like starting cutting off people like eliminating my social presence just sticking to my own bubble although it was good f- to take a break i think that i was disconnected way too much and um i lost the foothold of um of my friendships and maintaining the social presence yeah i definitely can I definitely cannot relate to that because I wasn't here in Sackville when like it all went down like right. school closed and I promise you I was on the flight <laughs> the next day to go back home. I, w- I don't blame like, you. I yeah. don't, I don't want it. I don't want you to like spend COVID here. Yeah. Like she felt like I'd be unprotected. Shout out your mom. She came in class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like I definitely understand like the process of like deleting your social presence especially because mm-hmm. you're just sticking like one house. Oh yeah. One yeah. box. One house. same people every day you're doing the same routine every day Mm -hmm. and like it's hard to like when you go from like this busy life of like school going out seeing friends going to the club studying (laughs) going to the library and then you just have to stick to you everything comes together as one you Mm -hmm. do everything from one place yeah at the same time every day 
And like, so you you went through these whole process of like cutting off friends, deleting yeah. your social media presence. Mm-hmm. How did you like overcome that and like get on the other side of it, even though we're still in the panoramic? Honestly, uh, it was just a recent start of accepting what the situation is. Yeah. I just started looking at things in a broader perspective and saw that I'm in, you know, New Brunswick where COVID isn't that bad, gratefully. And I was just grateful to have the opportunity to do to do what I like, to fly, to, you know, uh, study what I want to study. And just taking that into account made me realize how fortunate I am. Because I look at things back home, the situation's so, so, so terrible. People are struggling, you know, mentally. It's it's absolutely intense. Just looking at that made me feel that, you know, I need to things, I'm taking things for granted. I need to appreciate things I have, the opportunities I have. And as soon as, you know, that started to click, I started feeling better. I started accepting that, you know, this is what it is. I'm happy with what I have and I'm grateful to keep this journey going on. And I used that as a foundation to build up my uh, social presence again, started talking to people and I'm getting back in the groove and yeah, just grateful to to be back on my feet. Yeah, like definitely like I feel I felt like you come to terms with yourself and saying this situation is what it is. Yeah. And I can either make the best out of it mm-hmm. or the worst out of it. And yeah. you chose the better side. Yeah. And like I I just met you this month for sure. Officially this month for sure. I've always known about you. Oh, um, my friends, like they would always talk about you like, Oh yeah, Shashank, like, you know, he's having this get together. He's having this potluck. They were so happy and excited to like talk about you. And like, you seemed like such a happy person. <laughs> and then like meeting you here at CHMA, you're always so happy. So confident. You come into work right. with a smile on your face every day. How do you find yourself how did you find yourself in such a happy position? Like everything you've experienced throughout mm-hmm. your life with the depression mm-hmm. recently yeah. because of COVID and then the weird experiences that you had back here and like everything you've experienced coming here. Mm-hmm. Well, how have you ended up on like the happy side? Like what? Right. Yeah. Honestly, it's been a journey because I started off as a super, you know, um, super shy, kind of wimpy kid. I was. I don't believe that. I, no, you you wouldn't believe this, <laughs> but I was so insecure about myself. I yeah. I just used to stick to myself, do my own thing. Very very, extremely shy. I was. Um, I didn't have that confidence to go out and talk to people. You know. Yeah. And um, actually, I think what happened was, COVID. I think humbled me a lot and uh, made me think more about. How the world really is to get my priorities straight and understand that we're living in a world where anything can happen any day. So there was no, there's absolutely no point in me being secluded to myself, in me being scared of putting my real self out there. Right. It was just about accepting that anything can happen any day. So why don't you do the best you can today, you know? And um, yeah, so, as, when I came here, I was, I was super, super insecure, but I started building that resilience. Um, I started appreciating myself more, you know, make some changes in my lifestyle. I didn't like the way I used to live. I started, you know, exercising a bit more, lost a few pounds. Mentally, honestly, exercising yeah, plays a crucial role. Yeah, you always encourage me role. to go to the gym, I, do. I always skip out on. Yeah, not only the physical benefits of it, but I think mentally it just makes you so much more stronger than... It's so undervalued. Um, I started doing that, you know, exploring new styles, changing yourself a bit day by day 
just to see who you who you really are gave me some more confidence that um you know i like myself that i'm i um <laughs> i enjoy the the person who i am and i think i use that as a as a f- foundation to to start going out there start socializing more and i think it worked out well yeah yeah like you talked about like how you've blossomed into the person you are yeah. today it has it been like hard to your friend has it been hard for your friend to like see that change like i know like the some people say like friends are seasonal yeah like you right like it's like a flower so like mm-hmm. each layer you drop off of a flower you lose a friend because they're only supposed to be with you for that season i see has it been hard for your friends to like grow up to this change to be who you are because you've changed so much to be the person that you are today so happy so confident Slightly though, I think um, mostly my friends back home. Mm-hmm. I think they're more surprised, and um, yeah, they're very surprised that I I change from this you know low key yeah. kind of <laughs> very um, not very social guy to someone who's quite confident and uh, social and is outgoing. I think they they did they they are quite surprised, and I, I see them replying to my story every now and then, being like, "Whoa, is that you? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I see you going out and and stuff like that." And I'm like. Yeah, uh, you know, things change and um I, I I like this myself. I think that um yeah, COVID what has what it did was it humbled me quite a bit and um that definitely played a role. Um I don't think I lost any friends if any, mm. but I there's definitely been some that you know you lose the connection with because you just change grow, grow and you grow so much that you you become almost a different person but i think change is good and sometimes dropping that dropping that baggage on them and you know um putting that weight onto them is good just to just to give yourself the confidence and let them know that um you're not the person who you used to be and uh you're yeah. going to be a better person every day yeah like not like definitely for sure because for me i know like i've grown to like be this person i'm like uh-huh. Ever since, like, it's like a stigma in the Bahamas, like, co off the school. Because, like, if you go off the school, that means you're going to forget your friends back at home. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, for me, it was like, I didn't, like, forget my friends back at home. I would okay. always, like, try to stay in connected and, like, talk to them. Yeah. But, like, no one, they don't know what it's like to be in this experience. Especially, like, you're coming here, you don't know, like, what the workflow mm-hmm. is like. Mm-hmm. So, I, I was, like, studying every day, every day, every day. And they were like, you don't have time for me, for uh, me anymore. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. it's not the fact that I don't have time for you. I'm just so busy doing other things. Exactly. And, like, honestly, I could say cutting them off was the best thing I could ever do. Yeah. Because the relationship was very toxic. Okay. And yeah. I kind of used coming off the school as an excuse to, like... Mm-hmm get rid of that relationship because i know Mm -hmm. it would make me a better person so now that my happiness is out here because Mm -hmm. everything i've been through yeah um i hold my happiness so near and dear to my heart so now that you've gone through your whole blossom season you're climbing (laughs) your stairs to growth Uh what does how how do you hold your happiness what does your happiness mean to you oh that's a that's an intense question (laughs) What does my happiness mean to me? Yeah. Hmm. Well, honestly, as long as I have the opportunity to do what I want to do, to do the experiences that I w- uh, I have the opportunity to do so, I'm honestly just happy. I I, I realize that keeping your keeping your you know 
goals and um, let's say how things you value very simple and uh, basic it helps you gather that um, it helps you gather that humble quality that uh, that I think I gained from it which is crucial in being happy it's like um, you know the less you want you know the more happy you are kind of thing so um, I think that diving into a materialistic life and always um i guess asking for more for like you know asking for unrealistic things and things that you just see of so- social media that kind of stuff if you cut it off and stick to basic principles you're going to be happy with yourself and um that's what i've been trying to do day by day ah nice keep it, keep it basic and um yeah I love the fact that you said, like, stick to basic principles. I yeah. know for me, like, I always find myself, like, overreaching. And then once I don't get this goal, I always, exactly. like, get sad or, like, yeah, go into, like, oh, dang it. Or I should have changed the way how I try to approach reaching mm-hmm. my goal. And so you've now come from this timid, shy person yeah. into mm-hmm. this confident, happy person. <laughs> Can you say now that you truly love yourself? I think so. I think I'm getting there. I'm way closer to loving myself fully than I was, let's say, a year ago. And uh, I'm proud of that. Well, I'm learning more about myself day by day. And I'm definitely loving myself more day by day. And um, I, j- I think if I just work on work on maybe a bit of discipline, a bit of changing habits. Yeah, definitely. I'm not disciplined. Then, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work <laughs> out. Although, what you said was... Um, it was quite relatable with the friends thing though because i did realize that when i come here and i know and i know if they're gonna listen they're gonna call me out but i'm (laughs) sorry there was there was a lot of toxicity back in high school and i'm glad to have moved out um don't get me don't get me wrong i still love my friends there and i still talk to them but you you you'd really realize the the level of um you know toxicity once you leave once you leave that kind of environment and explore some new environments definitely yeah like definitely in my last episode with shania she talked about how there's like in grade one through six like right. you don't find yourself like being conscious of yourself you just found like oh, okay this is who i am yeah but like when you reach out high school junior school middle school age mm-hmm. then it's like okay why am i the tallest in the class or like why is everyone pointing out exactly. this fact about me yeah 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 so like we talked about like that switch and like it it can be damaging sometimes, especially like Absolutely. when you carry that on through years and you keep remembering that one thing everybody said. Mm-hmm. So like, I just find it like so interesting how one thing someone says can determine your whole future. Exactly. As well as, you know, I came from a different background in the sense that I, um, uh, I did IB for high school, which was quite intense. And, um, I oh, just yeah, felt I like, there was so much pressure to do well and it was almost like, you know, if you don't do well in academics, then your whole life's going to be in absolute shambles, which is <laughs> totally false. <laughs> I just felt like my whole life was revolved around um, being academically proficient that I kind of yeah. lost foothold of my own personality of what I like and what I want to be. So kind of completing that, leaving that bubble and um, coming here to have the opportunity to do what I love doing it's been a complete game changer and yeah. um yeah definitely it's been easier to to love yourself more that way well i'm happy that like you found ways to like 
find happiness here because you're doing what you love. You love aviation. You love flying. Yeah. He's been offering to fly us to Fredericton. Tori, Tori's scared of me taking him up. But yeah, I'm very, I, much, I, I'm, I'm I'm very I'm, much so scared. Not happening. I think I'm a confident uh, flyer <laughs> and uh, maybe demonstrate a couple of stalls for I you. I don't doubt your skills and ability here. Uh-huh. I just doubt what you'll do to me <laughs> while I get in the plane. So no, no, well, I'll give you a special Torik treatment, you know? No, I don't yeah. want to keep it. <laughs> you don't want to do a couple stalls, nose up, you know? No, the, yeah. the wheel spins, spin thing? Spins, no? No, no you sure? It's a fun experience. Roller coaster is. I prefer staying on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Tariq prefers driving two hours to Fredericton instead of taking a 20-minute flight. Yes, definitely. Interesting. If it was a commercial plane, then maybe, but... Okay. You seem like such a happy person. I'm like, but we all know everyone has their own personal struggles in certain times and certain moments. So, like, what do you find yourself doing? Right. <clears throat> what do you find yourself doing bringing your, to bring yourself back up to this happy, bubbly person that you are? Do you, like, reach out to your friends for advice? Do you, like, cook? Do you, like, shop? Do you, like, do poetry or, like, draw art? Like, what do you find yourself doing? <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good question, actually. Um... The thing that I do and I feel like works the most is just talking to my close friends. I think if you just get it all out, explain to someone that wants to listen to you what you're going through and how you feel. Not only do you get the advice and um, a second or third opinion onto you know your situation, but you get that feeling of comfort. You get that feeling of... You know, that someone's there for you and someone's actually listening. And uh, honestly, that feeling is absolutely incredible. And whenever I feel down, I always reach out to my friends, talk about it. And it's the best way to try to make yourself feel better and um, overcome any adverse situations you're feeling, really. We are complete opposites. Really? What do you do? Go buy yourself ice cream? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, like when I'm upset or like if I'm upset at something, like my friends would be the last person I reach out to. Wow. Like I would like just sit there go through my emotions and then i would like <laughs> i would just sit there go through my emotions and then i just like think about the situation like i'm more like a logical person oh, like i think about it i'm yeah. like what is how what why is this affecting me so much right what are the emotions that i'm going through especially mm-hmm. if like it's like an argument situation okay. then i look at my points the other person's points and i'm trying to like get a valid point to see which one is more valid or like which one is like um not more valid but like which one i try to understand both sides of the argument especially if i'm in the wrong then i really want to understand the okay. other person's perspective because i feel I like that's one of the hardest things you can do Definitely. Do you think that's been the best solution for you? It's been working. You you feel like? Um, for me, yes, because okay. I know like before I came to this point of like being more sensible. I would say like before I came to this point of like considering other people's feelings and like understanding how my actions could affect them. I was definitely more so of I don't care. I would just move on with my life and not care. But then I realized that like. I was really pushing everything down. And then once there was, once I reached my threshold of pushing everything down, I would just like go through all these emotions of like depression, pain, crying at night and just like letting it affect me so much because it was a buildup of like different emotions. Interesting. I'm very curious. I'm going to try that out next time. I want to see how that technique works. I have a lot of faith in it. So I'm going to let you know if it works or not. I literally 
honestly, I yeah. let myself go through the emotions for 24 hours. <laughs> After that, yeah. I'm just like, what is the situation? How did I play a role in it? How is it affecting me? What uh-huh. did I do wrong? What did the other person do wrong if there is a other person? And then I try to like communicate everything and like just get over it. I cannot hold grudges. Like I'm not a yeah. grudges person. Yeah, I, f- I feel like with this, I cannot do that either. I feel like, I mean, it's quite immature to say the least, but um, I think it's just better to move on with life. And there's no reason to hold, to hold anything against anyone. We're living a short life. Might as well make the most of it, you know? Definitely. My life's not going to be short. I'm going to live till 105. But, um... Ah, uh, right. I'm <laughs> sure the <coughs> exercising habits uh, suit... Yeah, suits definitely. that I uh, go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I work out. Right. Every day, don't you? Yeah. Every day. I see you on the soccer work. pitch on Sundays as well. Yeah. Top, top, top uh, soccer player right top here. Top notch. Absolutely. Top notch. <laughs> but, so... I want to say thank you for joining me on this podcast. But before you go, I have one more question. Mm-hmm. Um, what is one piece of advice you would offer to someone who would be coming in your situation, who is coming from their home, who is coming from their home, and they're coming to a country where, mm-hmm. like, they're going to be exposed to microaggressions racism yeah bullying mental health issues like what is what are what are pieces of advice you would give people who are coming in your situation honestly i think from what i've learned the first thing the first advice i can give is to not take it lightly do you know what i mean i need like i think that they should if they um face any of these issues that they need to stand out for themselves stand up for themselves raise concern for the issue and you know make it evident that that's not right what they're doing and um it's it's totally wrong and to educate them about what's right what's wrong and um how to make the world a better place to live in because i i feel like when i came here i was so timid that all these experiences i just kept them to myself i didn't make much of it and now that I think of it, if I had stood up for myself, if I had raised concern and raised a voice, I would have at least established a point to show that, you know, that's all right. They need to be educated. They need to, you know, understand the the re- reality of the world. And um, yeah, I, as well as that works with the combination of fear. I think I came in here with a lot of fear of, oh, you know, I don't want to make a bad impression, you country, da, da, da. I th- I don't think that's the right strategy. I think you should come with the strategy of having no fear, just being yourself, um, adapting to the situation, of course. But um, you shouldn't be afraid to raise concern, and you shouldn't be afraid of um, putting yourself out there. Definitely, I think those were the two big factors that um, that I feel I would have changed when I first came here. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like when I first came here, I was mm-hmm. like. I wouldn't say I was timid, but, like, yeah. I was scared to, like, speak up for myself yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Because I was always afraid of, like, I was always afraid of, like, that aspect of, like, oh, they're going to deport me or, like, exactly. oh, they're going to, exactly. like, send me back to my home uh-huh. country. And, like, now that the whole Black Lives Matter thing has become so prominent now, especially yes. in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've seen, like, the aspects of it when it be- when it comes to, like, the indigenous community here in Canada. Uh-huh. I find myself speaking up for me and others now, being yeah. that voice of reason, like, being that voice of, like, mm-hmm. we're not going to take this because this is not right. So either you can go and educate yourself or you 
just exactly. go off and squander. Like, yeah. don't come near me. There's a lot of people, you know, giving criticism to all these um, Black Lives Matter campaigns and, you know, Asian Lives Matter. Or even the indigenous um, indigenous campaigns, I see. Because I, when I came from... Um, for, before I came here, I was under the impression that Canada is you know, an excellent country. has no issues yeah. whatsoever. Everyone loves everything. But... um. As soon as I came here and I started to realize, you know, the level of marginalization the indigenous mm-hmm. people faced, it's absolutely incredible how how ruthless it was um, and how ruthless they've been on them. So um, it's definitely, it has to be made a point. And um, I'm so happy that all of these issues are being raised and um, made clear that it's obviously not right. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like the level of margin, marginalization marginalization within the indigenous community is oh, absurd wow. yeah it's, it is absurd and yeah. it's not right uh, it's not okay yeah and i think uh, this kind of issues need some representation from groups in society because these are all fundamental issues that definitely need to be rectified and um, i think it's great to have people raise concern about them and uh, educate the world yeah i definitely agree because how can you make policies for me, but you don't know what it's like to be in my experience? Exactly. Yeah. How can you make policies for me, but you don't know the the things I had to go through, my own experiences? So therefore, it's like I need representation within government, within law structures, within police, of within like enforcement within the country and like within the system, because. If mm-hmm. we look back at it, systems are built at a disadvantage to minorities and oh, yeah. black indigenous people of color mm-hmm. and everyone in those communities. So if you don't put someone who understands the effect this has on minorities or BIPOC communities, then how can you advocate for something that you are not well versed on? Exactly. It's yeah, it's mind boggling, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, definitely mind-boggling. But I just want to say... <laughs> but I just want to say thank you for coming on to the show. It's been a pleasure. You were such a guest that I was waiting to have on the show because I love your thought process, your perspective on things, and especially your outlook on life. And so I thought it was Ooh. really interesting the things you that so you much. brought up to like help everyone learn. Yeah. So do you have any closing words that you want to say? Any? I must say, um, I think that... Uh, Working here, I've learned a lot. Yeah. And I just want to say that uh, from what I've learned, I do believe that I have the best cookie at the office. <laughs> oh my my cookie is quite incredible, to say the least. So what, what I do is take a plain and basic ch- chocolate chip, chocolate chip cookie, add a little bit of spicy mango chutney on the top, top it off with some light mayonnaise. And I, I shall tell you right now, right here, it's incredible it's phenomenal to say the least the the level of flavor the level of you know the texture of the whole combination it's just scintillating i i do recommend everyone to try it and um i'm 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 just humbled to be able to share that uh, recipe with everyone (laughs) i'm definitely sure my listeners are gonna try it um and i can't wait to try it myself yes. i want to say thank you for coming onto this podcast with me you were such a great guest thank you so co-host. much for having me it's been nothing but an absolute pleasure and, thank uh, you yeah good luck with your shows i i do really like enjoy uh hearing them thank it's you, out thank on spotify you. too that's quite <laughs> impressive <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening to the I Love Me podcast. Come back next week, Saturday, so you can join us for an all brand new episode with an all brand new guest to bring you their perspectives, their outlooks, and their methods. My name is Thor. And I'm Shashank. And we are out.